world-class guests, fascinating stories, inspiring messages. Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about the empowering tool of humor. I'm excited to welcome special guest Prince Dumana, otherwise known as Prince E.D., Prince is the co-host of Fight Insight podcast based out of Toronto. He is also a mental health and addictions nurse that primarily supports the children and adolescent population. You can reach Prince on Instagram at Fight Insight podcast, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Prince. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Linda, thank you for having me. That's, a, you know what, actually, to tell you the truth, I'll be honest, this is actually my first ever podcast on my own actually because usually me and Tim go together and, right. and, and neither this actually so this is me going solo so I'm actually really really excited I'm, I'm glad to be here okay so now I don't know whether to be offended or to be you know I don't count because we're not really alone I mean we're kind of like <laughs> no, 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 please don't be offended listen you know <laughs> you, you actually you know what yeah I was so excited about today and I you know what I, I've got so much stories to tell and so much insights and yeah, and I've, I've uh, listened to your summit podcast. It's amazing, amazing stuff that you're doing on your end. So I'm really, oh, really happy. I'm so happy. Thank you. Well, I was kidding about the offended part because I'm not offended, but I am excited to talk to you. And I would love to hear your story because you are complicated. You're this mixture of tough and tender, honey. You run an MMA podcast. That's pretty tough. And you you help heal children. I mean, that's tender. And then you like to be known as the goofy guy. So, so what is your story? What brought you from where you were, wherever to here? Yeah. You know what? So I get, so I guess when we first started, I mean, I, when I first started, I started off as a, again, as a nurse and first off working on uh, general internal medicine. And a lot of the times when you're working in that, those type of settings, usually it's go, 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 go. And it's usually task oriented and you never get the time to connect with any of your clients. And so any of the patients that you work with, because half the time you're doing a hundred things at once, right? And so from there, I, I, I branched off over to child and adolescent mental health. And so actually, I, my, I'll tell you a story. The first time I actually sat, I got a taste of what it feels like to work with this population. I was sitting down in an, it's basically it's a day area and you have a, a couple of patients actually just walking back and forth. And I just decided to sit down and I'm, I was actually in orientation at the time, just getting to know um, the inpatient unit and how it works and how the population works. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I just packed up, picked up a, a deck of cards. And then all of a sudden, some of the kids started coming to like, hey, do you know how to play cards? I'm like, yeah, I know how to play cards. They're like, do you play crazy eights? I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go. And everybody just started. So at first I had one, one patient uh, uh, working with me. And then all of a sudden, everybody started just congregate, congregate. And then all of a sudden, we were just having a, the time of our lives. We were just talking. Everyone was sharing their stories, and it felt so good. And Linda, you know what? The best part was, you know, okay, so my shift was about to finish. I'm like, hey, guys, I got to go. It was great uh, talking to you, and everybody got up. And then some of the patients got up, and they said, hey, Prince, are you going to be back tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, let's play again, and let's talk. And that's, you know what? Building that trust and then building that, that connection. To me, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it this is it. This is my calling. And from that day on, um, I've been working in children's mental health. I guess it's me six or seven years now. Right. And um, in terms of the MMA piece, I was a, I was a heavy set guy when I first started in nursing. And the thing is, I mean, sometimes, um, you know, when you're working so much, you kind of neglect some of your exercises neglect working out. And half the time, all you want to do is sleep, sleep and eat. And that's it. 
<laughs> you know, right? sleep, eat and get ready for the next shift. And so what happened was I ended up, okay, so you know what, I need to switch it up. And sometimes, you know, when you go to the gym, lift weights, you're like, oh man, this is so boring. Like I got to switch it up. I got to do something else. I got, I want to hit stuff. So I started, <laughs> right. So I ended up going, Hey, you know what, I'm going to pick up boxing. And, um, I started off with boxing and then from there I branched off to Muay Thai. And then, and then from there, I kind of like, Oh my goodness, this is it for me. Cause the way I like working out, Linda, I love working out when it comes, it's almost to the point where you're, you're about to pass out. I love that type of workout where you almost push to the limit because you never know until you actually get pushed to that edge. We're like what you're truly capable of. And so um, that's what I, I love about MMA is just uh, especially Muay Thai and martial arts. There's just so much things that you learn about yourself and in terms about your physical condition and also uh, uh, mentally as well. Right. So, um, and then from there, the podcast kind of came about because a friend of mine, I was actually looking for a good set of golf clubs. <laughs> so like, I, yep, yeah, there you go. Hey, I'm Wait, telling what? you, yeah, <laughs> this is it. This is it. I told you, right. Um, I was looking for a good set of clubs and I emailed my friend. So who is Timmy B, um, my other co-host for Fight Inside Podcast. And I asked him, I'm like, hey, you know, a good set of clubs. I'm like, yeah, I actually do. I got a friend of mine and he ended up um, sending me an email back. And he noticed that I use a different email address. Like, Prince, what's this peel off email that you're using? I'm like, listen, Tim, like, you know what? I've been meaning to start a YouTube channel, like podcast and do this and, and you know, try it out. Right. But I just haven't gotten the time to him. He's like, you know what? Why don't we meet? Because I want to do the same thing. And the same common thing that we really like watching or enjoy is, is mixed martial arts and uh, MMA. So that's, that's how the fight inside brand and all this kind of came about. So it's been, yeah, it's been a roller coaster ride. Linda, let me tell you, I wasn't, I would have never told you that, you know, a couple months ago that I'd be doing a podcast with you and, you know, being on, uh, starting on my own podcast, having a Philippine, being on Filipino TV, having sponsors. It's, it's been, it's been nuts. It's been nuts. And we're just, uh, pushing, pushing, pushing all the way through. That is fantastic. Oh my gosh. So many things like you are multifaceted and I love it. I want to zip back if we can for a little mm-hmm. bit about mm-hmm. that, your opportunity that, that you seized on when you were at work and being able, what you did is you created a safe place for these kids. And that's really, I think foundational so that how can you heal if you don't feel like you're in a safe place? How can you talk if you don't feel like somebody wants to listen to you? So what you did so naturally was brilliant and perfect and just the right thing to do. So that is amazing. I'm, I'm so pleased. And then golf clubs to podcast is the craziest story that I've heard as far as directions of how to get there, but I'm glad you did. And that's so awesome. And I'm excited to talk about MMA stuff just a little bit. Because when I was reading through your stuff and my husband is like you, he loves to punch stuff. So we have a little gym in our house and we've got a punching bag and he's got a great punch and he loves doing like boss workouts and stuff like that. Nice. And my kids have black belts in Taekwondo. So I did lots of watching as, you know, taking kids to where they needed to go. And when they were preparing for their black belts, my husband said, okay, now it's our turn. And I'm like, wait, what? And then he said, and we're going to do Krav Maga. And I'm like, wait, what? And so, so we signed up to do Krav Maga and I only signed up for a year. And oh my gosh, Prince, it was crazy because I am, if you may have noticed a girl and there weren't a lot of these kind of 
you know, people in this class. And so I am um, sparring with people who are half my age and twice my size. And as you might imagine, I didn't win a lot and it was really hard. And when you talk about doing hard things and working out till you're ready to die, um, one of the funny stories, we have a, a, well, lots of funny stories from Krav Maga, but our very, very first experience of being there, just that the workout before we got into the techniques was so hard that my husband actually had to run to the bathroom and throw up. And then um, when it was time to like, try to sign in, sign up for, you know, all the paperwork, it's like my hand was shaking so bad. I couldn't even write. And, and it looked like I was four years old and, and it was crazy. And then when we finally got to where we could do our level one test and we had um, our, our that instructor sublet the, the building. So for part of this gazillion hour test, we had to be outside in the parking lot while this Zumba class was meeting inside the building. Wow. So we're out and we're doing push-ups and we're doing sit-ups and we had to do ladders, carrying a partner on our back. And mm. I could not choose my husband as my partner because he's 6'2 and 220 pounds and I couldn't put him on my shoulders. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, who's the guy here with the smallest stature that I could maybe partner up with? And so I'm doing these ladders and, and it was horrible. And some of the guys started throwing up and it was a hard, hard, hard test. And when we finally got to inside the building, you know, to take a little break before we started, you know, stabbing and trying to shoot guns at each other and choke each other and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, and I walk into this class and all these ladies are dancing and they're laughing and they're glistening while they're doing the Zumba. And I thought I am so in the wrong class. <laughs> I am in the wrong class. <laughs> wow. So, Anyway, after a year, I'm like, I think I have learned sufficient. <laughs> Husband did another year. So I just, just all the memories of all of the things, because it is an incredible experience when you are working out together, like hard mm. and you have that chance to just connect with people. It's like, if you suffer together, you just, you just connect with, and it doesn't matter your your social, social or economic status, you're experiencing something together that is really hard. Yeah. It, Linda, you know what? I, I just, you know what? I just wanted to say, don't cut yourself, yourself short just because I've some of the toughest fighters I know are ladies. They're like, sometimes I'd go into sparring and I see, I'd be partnered up with one of them. I'd be like, no, 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 I'm not. I just pretend like I'm passed out. They're like, and they'd be like, Prince, Prince, it's time to go. I'm like, you, you can't make me go if I'm passed out. Like if I'm unconscious, you can't make me go spar with you, right? But um, but yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And when you are, you know, literally, once you go through a struggle together with somebody, you, you have that connection. And it's almost like you guys, hey, we got through this barrier together. We got through this hill together. And it's almost like, hey, you know what? It's that sense of community that you get, right? And you wake up and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" And let me ask you, Linda, after that workout, how did you feel? Ah, uh, exhausted, exhausted, but also there's kind of that satisfaction, like, "Wow, I just did a hard thing." Right, and it's yeah, and that's and and after that, you feel good, you feel motivated, you feel like you can carry on the day, and you're like, "Hey, I achieved this." You got over your anxiety, you got over your fear, and you did something that's out of your norm and out of your schedule. And there's some of the things that. You know, when I'm working with some of the children I've worked with, it's it's really coming out of that shell and pushing yourself um, to to be resilient and to to actually look at an, an obstacle or a barrier as like, hey, you know what, this is a challenge that I can overcome just as long as I have the right strategy strategies 
the like right coping strategies, the right skills under my tool belt. And so, I mean, and those are some of the things that I, I you know, I enjoy pushing to some of the students that I work with just because, you know what, after that, that obstacle is done, you're going to look back. You're like, wow, I did that. And you're like, yeah, you did that. That's you. That is all you. That wasn't me. I, I gave you the, the, the skills. I gave you some of the strategies, but at the end of the day, you were the one pushing through. So um, that, that's why martial arts and working out, Linda, is just so important, especially, you know, working in this field, just working with, you know, having endorphins kicking in your body and, you know, that, that sense of accomplishment and actually a physical health, right? It goes uh, hand in hand, right? That is fantastic. Isn't that amazing how you managed to match these things together and make it work? And there really are lessons that you can pull from one and apply to the other. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear some of these tools and this tool belt that you're helping to help these kids to be able to be healthy, to be mentally and emotionally healthy and happy. You know what? First of all, actually, when it comes to working with, with children, especially this population, the most important thing is being genuine. Kid, a child can read you a mile away. If you're in there going, you do you have shortness of breath? When was your last bowel movement? You know what I mean? And you're asking all these, these questions. They're going to read right through it. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm talking to a machine. Of course, I'm not going to open I'm not going to open up and I'm not going to tell you what my story is, right? Genuine, being genuine, active listening. All these things are key. When they start to see that, you know what, you're, you're, you're actually listening to their story and picking up certain things. You're like, hey, you mentioned this. You're picking up certain details from their story. Uh, that, you know, you would, you'd be surprised like, Hey, you know what? I can't believe you actually heard that part, that small little detail that you, you know, that you heard from what I was going through for them. You're just like, Oh, you're validating my feelings. You're validating my thoughts. And so a, a part of it is also is that being genuine and speaking to them, you know, getting in their level, right? Not making sure that you guys are in the same level and you're not above them just because you have credentials or you might be, you know, you've got all this education behind you. If you're connecting with them in that level, Trust me, the floodgates of information, the floodgates of, of uh, communication will just start flowing through. And so some of the things that I like connect, uh, talking to kids about, especially some of the coping strategies is, you know what, for me, it's just taking a step back, right? Taking a step back, deep breath. It's, uh, you probably, you've probably heard this a million times, deep breath, taking your time and processing the situation. Don't jump into conclusions. Don't automatically make assumptions, sit down, take a deep breath and look at your surroundings. Okay. So this is the challenge I've been given. Okay. So I didn't do well in my, you know, my math assignment, right? So I need this math assignment to do well in order to get to university. This is like one of those critical um, marks. So this is, so I've been given a bad mark. So what am I going to do with it? And then from there, okay, so let's look at our options. Let's see, what can we do to bounce back from this tough situation. We look at, okay, so is there any other assignments that you need to, you can get to, to boost your mark? Can you get extra help from other, from your teachers? Can you get extra help from peer uh, from peers? Um, really analyzing the situation, even looking at the exam that you had. So I mean, this might be the first exam that you had, but let's look at where you went wrong. Just looking back at some of these things and learning from your mistakes, right? And that's the thing. I, some of the things that I tell my, my students, like, hey, the biggest some of the biggest lessons that you'll learn is through the mistakes that you make. Right. And so, I mean, for me, um, I, I, I tell everyone this, I told them like when I was taking my, Oh my gosh. And I feel like this is, this is one of the stories. I'm like, Oh man, should I share this one? Okay. Listen. Uh, so when I was taking my driver's license, 
um, I failed it the first time. And I had a couple of my students like, oh my gosh, Prince, I'm gonna fail my exam. Oh my gosh, I failed my exam. And I told them like, hey, you know what? For me, I, when I was taking it, I, I bombed it the first time. And the second time I had to write it, I actually bombed it again because I was so worried when you had that fear in your head just drilled into you. Every right turn, you're like, oh my gosh, I remember I was here in this situation and that bad negative memory kicks back into your head. And you're like, oh my gosh, I am going to, I'm going to not stop and just going to go through a rolling stop and just turn right over and I'm just going to fail. And, and sometimes those negative thoughts just keeps reoccurring in your head. It's almost just constantly going, going, going. And it's almost like you're setting yourself up for failure. And so I tell some of my students this and they're like, they're listening and then they're like, okay, well, you know what? So how did you get through it? Well, I never gave up. I just pushed through. I just kept going. And the crazy thing is too, uh, Linda, is that, so the third time I passed my G2, so I, I so it's called a G2, there's a, a driver's license. And so me be leaving things in the last minute, you had to take another part of that driver's license in order to get your full driver's license, which is your G license, right? So that's, uh, it's, it's, it's up here in Toronto, that's how it works. So you go G1, you write your written exam, G2 is your road test. And then G is like you, where you go to the highway and you do all the major oh, okay. uh, examinations. What, it, this is by faith. And let me tell you, Linda, this is one of those moments. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this just happened. The person who ended up testing me for my G2 was the same person who, who passed me for my G license, who gave me, who actually tested me the second time around. So at first, when I was sitting in my driver waiting for, for the person, the tester come in, I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Like, here comes this nightmare. And everybody's going, driving off again, driving off to their, to get their test done. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't really get an, uh, uh, a tester that's got a chip on their shoulder. And then literally, as soon as a person came out, I'm like, oh my goodness, is that, is that, is that her? Is that her? Is that her? And she, the driver tester gets in the car. I'm like, hey, Charlene, is that you? She's like, yeah, how did you know my name? I'm like, you gave me my G2. You were the one who passed me the, 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 the second time. She's like, oh my goodness. And we just started talking. And I'm telling you, the relief just came off of my, my shoulders. And literally that was the best experience. When I told that to my, some of my students, like Prince, I hope that happens to me. I'm like, who, you never know, but that's like that feel good type of story. right? Like, so yeah. Yeah. It was, it's one of those things where literally um, it was some of the best moments that like really stuck to me. And some of those lessons that I learned from, uh, from that test alone, I just, it kind of carried on. And those are the, some of the things that I installed with, with some of my students, just letting them know that, hey, it's all right to make mistakes. It's all right to, to, uh, to have to redo things uh, over again. But just as long as you keep pushing through and, you know, don't give up and learn from what you made, the mistakes from you had before, I'm telling you, you you're going to fly, we're going to pass with flying colors. That is incredible. Okay. So I'm loving the tools that you're sharing. I love that you call them students and not patients. I think that that is amazing and brilliant. And I also loved that the first step you took is you worked on yourself and it had to do with, you know, that, that finding those openings and finding that place where you can be authentic and, and just Mm -hmm. play and to be a part of things. And then you totally shared with them struggles that you had. And even failures that you had. And I've heard it said that we can impress people with our strengths, but we influence people through our weaknesses and especially those things that we overcome. And so a lot of times we're trying to be 
I am awesome. I am strong. I am all of the things I am perfect. And, and that can impress people. I mean, especially if you are really awesome, because you are awesome, but when, you know, to influence people that involves putting the wall down and letting them see the whole person. And that is, yes, I am awesome. And my awesomeness includes failures. My Mm -hmm. awesomeness includes frustration. My awesomeness includes maybe some anxiety Mm -hmm. and some disappointment and hard things and things like that. And so you have given these wonderful kids the whole prince, and that is doing amazing things. And I'm so proud of you. This is me clapping and thinking, I like you. And if I were in a hard place, and if I were feeling like, man, my life stinks and I'm a failure and there's nothing that I can do and there's no hope. And I met someone like you who was awesome and open. I would feel like, wait, what? Just, just you existing gives me a little bit of hope that, that things can be okay, which I think is amazing. Yeah, Linda, well, listen, yeah, you know what? The mo- for me, the motto is simple, saving lives, taking names. That's my motto. All right. Saving lives, taking names. And um, especially, and, and, and you're right. It's, it's absolutely, you know what, it's, it's allowing people to understand that, you know what, they, you know, there are mistakes. You'll run into those obstacles. And um, again, yeah. And, and you know what, it's, it's humor. Like sometimes you got to, you know, joke or, you know, make a joke around yourself and make fun of yourself. Sometimes it'd be like, oh, wow. Okay. Like this, that's cool. That's something unique. That's different. Right. And so, yeah. And, and you know what, being that playful character, you know what, some, like you said, play, oh my goodness, that's a keyword, Linda. When you hear the word play, it, 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 some of the images that it comes into your head, it's like, you know, you're having fun, you're being real, right? And it's, it's not exhausting, you're, you're enjoying yourself, right? And so even playing cards with those kids, like we would be playing uh, cards with some, um, some of the students and be looking around and be like, Listen, guys, so if I don't win, I'm sending everybody in their rooms. And they're like, what? <laughs> they're, they're all laughing. They're like, seriously, Prince? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I never lose. You guys, uh, no, no, everyone will get sent. If if I don't win this first deck, you guys are all in trouble. They're like, oh, my gosh, Prince, I know it's be joking and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's absolutely it's it's absolutely those things. And and honestly, it's the feelings that you get after when you realize you've seen somebody from completely debilitated, completely unable to get up from, you know, from, from getting up in the morning, washing themselves, bathing themselves, going into school, connecting with friends to seeing a complete 360, seeing somebody finding a part-time job, getting a job at a a job at Starbucks, um, going to post-secondary after years after sometimes the best feeling Linda for me is I'd be walking down the street, go inside a coffee store and, you know, I'm going in there ordering my food. And they're like, Hey, Prince, do you remember me? I'm like, and then I'm like, start kicking my hand. Remind me, remind me again. And they're like, I used to go to this school. You helped me out do this. I'm like, Oh my goodness. What are you doing now? Well, Prince, I'm, I'm a supervisor here now. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, he's running a Starbucks. Uh, he's a supervisor at Starbucks and also doing post-secondary uh, uh, education as well. And, and I'm in there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I had a hand in this. This is amazing. But then again, Linda, I, I try to milk it and be like, okay. So, I mean, for them, they're like, oh, Prince, here's, here's a free coffee. I'm like, oh, okay. So what other stuff can I get? Can I get that? Can I get this? Can I get that? Can I get this? I mean, and I'll be, be like, no, Prince, just a coffee. Are you sure? Let me talk to your manager. And they're like, well, Prince, I am the manager. Oh, dang it. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
I know when you reached out to me and you mentioned your favorite tool is humor. And just even that very idea, that concept just made me smile because I love to laugh. And when I have a chance to laugh, it just makes everything lighter. Like we all have burdens, burdens happen. And when we can laugh, everything feels lighter. Like you, you're going to be okay and things are going to be great. So I'm so glad that you brought that in. And you seem to have kind of a natural knack and a little bit of, I don't know, some sarcasm and kind of poking a little bit. And I, I wish, you know, I can only be my version of me. I can't turn into you, but I love some of those things. Yeah. You know what, Linda, and actually it doesn't even have to apply to say students or patients and things like that. It can actually apply to say, I mean, in, in say general meetings, when you're, when you're, say, you say you're in a high intense meeting, you know, you're, you've got this in the agenda, that in the agenda, you got to take all of this. Sometimes just a well-placed joke could just lighten the mood and everybody just starts opening up and it actually opens up every, opens up everyone's communication. Everyone starts jumping in and keying in because at first everybody's, you know, testing the waters. Everyone's looking at each other. I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's uh, seven, you know, it's eight o'clock in the morning. No one's had their coffee. You got thrown into this meeting. You've got a lot of things to, to, to finish and check off. And you know what, let's, let's, how are we going to start off this day? And sometimes, you know what, just lightening it up and just say, Hey, you know, uh, you know, blah, 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 it was traffic, or it doesn't even have to be a joke. You just gotta, you know, Hey, how's, how's everybody checking? Let's do a little check-in. How's everybody doing today? And once everybody starts opening up, there you go. That's when you just let the communication in. Right. So you don't always have to be a comedian and start getting everybody's attention. Sometimes when you just see that, Hey, someone's got their head down and you know, they're not engaging as much and you could, you could almost, you could sense it in their energy. And then you're like, Hey, is everything's cool? Are things all right? That little check-in they're like, Oh, okay. Whoa. Somebody noticed right? And that sense of validation as well can kick in too, right? Wow. Isn't it lovely that there's both directions? Yeah. Laugh and keeping it light. And then there's the observation and keeping it real Mm -hmm. and paying attention to the needs and observing and watching and noticing and caring enough to reach out to the one. That's it. And that is, that is so important and so beautiful. And I think in order to be able to reach out to the one, you got to be in a good place yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, I'll tell you something too, Linda. There was a, so I also teach at a, a call, I, at a college and I was teaching foundations of mental health um, to personal support workers. And um, basically there was, so we were talking about compassionate care and identifying somebody's body languages. If somebody's got a low mood, their head's down, you know, they're not engaging poor eye contact. Remember to look at those things and keep an eye on them. Right. And so that was the first lesson they had. They got a taste of print. So I was all over the place. Like, Hey guys, you, this calling everybody out. Okay. What do you guys, what do you feel about that? This. And they're like, okay, that's cool. It's cool. Wow. This is a, this is like a hot upbeat type of class. I like it. The very next class that we had, I, you know what? I had my camera off. Um, everybody logged in. Everyone's like, Hey Prince, Hey Prince. So it took me a little bit of a while to turn on my camera, turn on my camera. I'm like, I didn't even say anything. I just kept my head down. I'm like, okay, guys, so what are we learning here again? And just, just, you know, just kept it low and just kept it kind of low key and just monotone, didn't make any eye contact and say hi to anyone. One of the students goes, hey, Prince, is, is, every, is, is everything okay? You, you don't, you, you know, you don't look too good. Is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, I just had a really tough day. Just, you know, spilled coffee on my computer. Can't find my car keys. It's just been a really tough day for me. And they're just like, 
well, you know what, Prince, we're here for you. Just, just take your time. And everybody in the class was like, yeah, Prince, just, just take your time. And then all of a sudden it goes, time out. Guys, amazing. What did you just do right there? What did you just do right there? What was that example? And so some of, some, sometimes when you're asking some of these questions, it's so hard, especially when you're asking, um, asking your teacher, your prof, like some of these things. Because sometimes when you have to come in, you got to be ready to go. You're teaching a whole class. That's your job. Right. And so, um, you know, that was some of the lessons that I, I infused in them. Just they're like, oh, my gosh, Prince, so you weren't feeling bad. I'm like, no, I just wanted to see if anybody would notice. Right. And so it was actually during a Zoom meeting as well, too. So, it, you know, I had to find a way to implement it. So then they get like kind of that hands on experience. OK, so what questions do I ask? Like, how are you? How are you doing? Is everything OK? So those are some of the things that, you know, I try to implement as well. Right. That that hands on application kind of thing. That is fantastic. And how clever as we're working in a Zoom world still through the COVID stuff to be able to find a way to make it hands-on by making it experiential, which you did. And that's so cool. And I'm glad that you didn't actually spill coffee on your computer and that you really are okay and that you were just messing with them. But I mean, even when you're awesome, like you, you can have a bad day and you can have things that go awry. And it is nice to have somebody notice and to be able to pick up on it. You gave them kind of a, an easy version of being all out there in your face versus this total. Sometimes the distinction for people is not quite so broad mm-hmm. where it might be, I'm going to look at you versus I'm going to look down or, mm-hmm. or, you know, it might not be quite so for sure, but that was a great introduction. Yeah. It was uh, honestly from there, it was. It was, uh, it's, it's funny. Cause then after that, they're just, you know, they, everything I did, they're like, Prince, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Oh man. <laughs> right. Well, so, <laughs> right. There you go. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so when it comes to, again, connecting with kids and, you know, making that connection and developing, you know what, the most important things, well, one of the things I'm really trying to, you know, help promote and I'm trying to encourage uh, especially with this population is resiliency, right? Being Absolutely. resilient. It's the R word, Linda. It's like we, it's like, it's it's almost like we've lost it. Like we've, especially with COVID and the pandemic and everything happening, it's 10 times worse than before. I mean, prior to the, prior to COVID, I mean, you know, we're working on some things, you know, developing more, uh, developing more strategies, looking at different frameworks, psychotherapy approaches and things like that. But I find with now it, we need to work even harder to overcome um, this obstacle, right? I mean, it's almost, and you hear the word COVID echo. Um, I don't know if you know the, the term. So basically, you know, with COVID echo, it's basically now you're seeing the residual of, of what's, um, of what's COVID, what COVID has done to the general public. And so now you're seeing uh, kids with more uh, identifying that they're anxious, um, they're being more uh, school avoidant, um, you know, a lot more phobias, fears of even leaving the house. So some of these things, um, you know, are more are more prominent now, right? And so it's really developing the resiliency skills is is, is key. That is huge. And as we talk about resiliency, that uses the similar kinds of steps that humor and looking for the positive. I loved how when you were talking with your students and you used the example of a test 
and how hard and how stressful that can be when that's very important to you to be able to say, okay, what are the options? Let's open our eyes. Let's look at the possibilities. Let's see, is this a, is this a small problem? Is it a big problem? How do we address this problem rather than just focusing on the problem? You're opening it up to focusing on the solutions. And I think resiliency is about focusing on, on the positive and on the solutions and on what's next. I think people can get turned around and get stuck watching COVID or thinking about those kinds of things. And then we are stuck. We're facing the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Right. And then, I mean, and also, you know, being kinder to yourself, right. You know, not putting too much pressure on yourself to, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to achieve that. And, you know, again, it's especially in, in, in society being competitive and, you know, staying on top of the game is so important that you know what, you're putting so much pressure on yourself to do all these things. And sometimes you got to take a step back and, hey, you know what, I can't do it all. I got to relax. I got to, you know, take my time. And it's, it's, it's command and conquer. Just find something, work on that one goal before, you know, taking on uh, multiple things at once, right? And so, um, and acceptance, right? Acceptance is key. Acceptance that sometimes, you know, you know, some things, you know, you've just got to accept, right? Um, You know, sometimes you'll, you'll have a, uh, a negative uh, experience with a colleague and you know what there's you know sometimes it, it happens and you know you can't turn around and and you know we change that whole conversation the argument it happened and so it's moving on from that and okay you know what that's happened it's time to move on and not staying stuck and that's such a key word as well staying stuck and, and unst- unsticking yourself right ungluing yourself from that situation and like putting that aside and say hey okay that's done i'm on to the next one cuz you don't want to keep that it's almost like the domino effect where you're constant literally like everything else is just like oh my gosh i failed this I'm definitely going to fail that. Oh, I'm so going to fail this. Oh, I'm going to walk out that door and someone's going to be having that. Someone's going to have a sign that says, Hey, you failed and you didn't even do anything yet. (laughs) Right. So that reminds me of your driving test where you said (laughs) after the first fail, then all of a sudden your anxiety is up. It's like, Oh, I messed up here. Am I I messing up? How am I doing? Because once we get kind of stuck in that feeling of failure, then Mm -hmm. it can repeat. And like you said, that domino effect. So if we are the kind of person who is kind to ourselves, we can't expect that we're going to be perfect. And it's not, life is not like, okay, we're going to get through a hard thing. Like maybe you're one of your students and then you get back home and now there are no more problems and life is smooth sailing because it doesn't actually work that way. And so we have to be able to keep that resiliency and keep that positivity and to keep moving forward. And it's. I don't know. It, it, it's okay to not be perfect. And it's okay to not have a smooth sailing life. Like if you went to a fight where there was no actual fight, you know, mm-hmm. it would be very boring. We like, you know, if we watch a movie or if we read a book, we, we expect there to be some kind of a conflict, something that you have to overcome, some kind of a challenge. And yet sometimes we think in our lives, it's supposed to be nothing. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, no, you, you're absolutely correct. And that's the thing. I mean, you got to be given an, a challenge. So you've given the challenge. And then from there, as an individual, at, you know, as an individual, and in terms of some of the experiences you've had, how do I look at this challenge and say, hey, I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to use the skills that I have. And I'm going to approach this, the how I know how to approach it is, is how I 
so oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> so I guess I got to get my second round of coffee, but how do I approach the situation the, the best way I know how, right? And so absolutely, why would you go to a movie and like, it's, it's almost just like, hey, it's like, I don't know if you watch Avengers. Have you seen the Avengers? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Avengers. It's, it's almost just like, uh, you know, it, the, the Avengers all walking in and Thanos going, hey, here, here's the Infinity Stones. Yeah, take it. Here you go. Yeah, game over. That's it. And they're like, well, where's the big fight? Where's the big finale? You know what I mean? So it's, it's really learning from that. And those challenges, this is the thing. Like, Linda, you probably, you've probably overcome some obstacles yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And sometimes when we overcome those challenges, it helps to qualify us to help the people who are on that path of life behind us. And I also liked how you talked, you work in a place where you help other people and we don't have to do it by ourselves. We can go where we can get help, whether it be a friend or whether it be professional help, depending on our situation, but we don't have to do it by ourselves. And I think that's another very important lesson. Well, Prince, I have loved everything you've said. I have enjoyed our time immensely. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Solo, only together solo. Well, you know what? First of all, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is so much fun. And again, if you want me to come back on, I would love to come on. This is like, this is my past. I actually enjoyed this stuff. And this is what gets me going. This is what gets me up in the morning and fired up for the day. So thank you again for having me. This is, this is amazing. It has been a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by the poet E.E. Cummings. He said, the most wasted of all days is one without laughter. Today, I invite you to not waste a single day by choosing to add a daily dose of laughter to your life. See you next time on Linda's Corner. 